George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Good evening and welcome to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball League Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Dague, and with me as always are my two co-hosts, one Gabe Sabarzo. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm a little excited today. We got something a little different for y'all. Something a little different. And number two, Zach Mueller. Yes, sir. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. (laughs) And as Gabe was alluding to, we do have something a little bit different. Half the pod's going to hate it. Half the pod's going to laugh. We have a special guest. His name is the one, the only... Alex Bowie. Yes, sir. Daddy's here. Daddy. A couple daddies here, actually. So, <laughs> Well, I'm Zach's daddy, so we'll, we'll get that straightened out. It's a family reunion in here. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Bowie, uh, welcome to the pod, bud. I know we, we never even had you on for the football one, so this is like truly our first time uh, having you on the pod just a few minutes ago, you and Gabe got to meet for the first time. Uh, do you have any just like opening thoughts you want to hit us with uh, from a standpoint of how much you hate Zach, how much you hate Gary, how much beef you have with just the entire league in general, like anything like that? No, no beef at all. You know, I'm hey, every, hey all the winners got to have haters. So if it's everybody <laughs> against me, then, you know, that's that's how I like it. Now, knowing you in college, that's pretty much how you lived life. Um, so glad to see nothing's really changed there. Uh, Zach and Gabe, welcome back, fellas. We've got another week of the NBA under our belt. Um, like we talked about last time, we're really trying to get a little bit of a flow, trying to get a little bit of a format. I uh, understand having Bowie on the podcast probably throws all of that uh, out of whack, but it'll be fun. It'll be good. We'll we'll generally try to stick with the format that we did last time, uh, getting a little bit of information on our own personal fandom of our teams, the Thunder, the Mavs, and the Rockets, and then also getting into a lot of like our fantasy league news. So <clears throat> let's go ahead and we're just going to go right into it. Uh, Let's talk about kind of a my team's weekly update. And Zach, we're going to start with you. Uh, the Mavs, I believe, had a little bit of an up and down week, but they look good in their last game. Uh, why don't you hit us with a little weekly update on the Mavericks? Good choice, starting with Daddy. So this week, uh, they I think where we left off last, their first game was against the Hornets. And... Uh, I don't know what's going on with this year's Mavs team, but it seems like pretty much whatever game I'm expecting us to win, we lose. And then whatever game I expect us to lose, we win. 
So against the Hornets, um, we got beat pretty bad. Luca didn't have a great game, and the supporting cast was horrible. Um, that game, I think Lamelo and Bridges combined to go like eight of ten from three. So that was at least good to see on my fantasy team, seeing uh, Lamelo not being complete trash. And I think he's actually been pretty good the past three or four games. Yeah, he has. And then, um, so we were kind of in desperation mode again against the Heat the next game. I expected us to lose by like 20 that game. Turns out we were up 20 pretty much the whole game. We ended up winning by 10. Um, I'm not sure what was going on with Jimmy Butler, but he was really bad that game. And I'm pretty sure the Heat as a team shot like 30% or less from the field. So I think it was a combination. We actually were playing good defense, and uh, the Heat were just terrible at shooting that night. Um, Then you had, I want to say, Sunday night. We went up against the Bulls. Um, It was a last-minute decision, but Luka did not play. They said he had like a quad bruise or something soft like that. And uh, I think what they were doing, they were just saving him for that Rockets game last night. So uh, we ended up losing to the Bulls, even though Brunson had a career night. He dropped over 30 points. Um, Zach Levine killed us. We got killed on the boards. Dwight Powell looked horrible. And then, uh, so I think all all the Dwight Powell slander led Rick to starting Willie Cauley-Stein last night against the Rockets. And I think that's going to be our starting center moving forward for quite some time. And then uh, Powell and Kleba will rotate in. But I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Willie Cauley-Stein from here on out. And uh, last night you kind of just saw how Luca's Harden's daddy. So did uh, so Willie Cauley-Stein look good in his first start? Yeah. He, I don't know what he finished with stats-wise, but he was much more active than Powell has been on the boards. And – I didn't even know Willie Cauley-Stein was seven foot. I thought he was like 6'10 or something, but it just gives us a, a lot taller player. And even though he's like sort of the same build as Powell, they're both kind of skinny and tall. Uh, I, I think he just adds more with his height and the shot blocking ability. And I can definitely say he's much better at going to the rim than Powell. So like Luca was throwing some nice lobs to him and he, he just looked really active and comfortable to me. So looking forward to that. That's cool, yeah. And as you alluded to, Luca had his first, uh, really his first great game of the season. Um, do you do you equate that more to like he's ramping it up, he's getting more in shape, kind of like we talked about last week with him? Uh, just came in a little overweight, a little out of shape. Do you is that what you equate that to, um, or did? Did something happen in the offense? Like, what were your thoughts on Luca? No, I think he's just kind of knocking the rust off because when he started those first probably three games, he looked really bad. Um, I'm, his three-point shooting still isn't where we need it to be. But I think, like you said, he shot three of ten yesterday. I'll take three of ten for him any day. Three to four of ten doesn't matter to me. We just can't have him going like one or two of ten um because that'll end up being a really big difference for us but his other than the three-point shooting which i think is going to get back to somewhat of a normal number he's he's looking like his old self now so i think he just kind of had to get get into basketball shape and we'll still see it probably for the next two weeks or so but then i'll be ready to go gotcha gotcha yeah Yeah. 
Ahead, so go. when I was uh, watching the Mavericks, what I was when when I saw them start Willie Cauley Stein, what that made me think was that they're getting ready for Kristaps Porzingis to come back, and so they're moving Tim Hardaway to lead that bench unit, and he's like getting comfortable in that role. And uh, needless to say, I think it worked. Bro dropped like thirty points on the Rockets on eight for ten from three, and I think if that's the role he's going to take. He's going to excel, and I think that the Mavericks now have the depth because they'll probably start now Doncic, Richardson, Finney Smith, Porzingis, and then one of Dwight Powell or Cleaver with Hardaway like leading that bench unit. And then we'll see what Willie Cauley-Stein can do if he kind of works his way into that center rotation. But I was interested to see uh, like what they were doing with their lineup and their uh, – the minutes kind of distribution. And uh, I mean, I think with the, the formula that they used against the Rockets on Monday proved to be pretty successful. Yeah. With you being a Rockets fan, I hate to tell you, but that's going to be Hardaway's best game of the year. Yeah, bro. He, he couldn't miss. <laughs> and the Rockets shot like 20% from three. Yeah. He was hitting stupid threes with like catch and shoot with a guy right yeah. in your mouth and just nothing but net. But I do think against that, like, second unit, he could take, like, a, I mean, on the Rockets, it's, like, Eric Gordon. But there's always, like, that one bench player who could be a starter, but, like, just gets him so much more of a usage role off, like, in that bench role and is able to, like, capitalize on that. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great for him to kind of be our big bench presence. I the think he will. Problem, the only problem with Hardaway is he cannot dribble at all. Like, he looks like me out there dribbling. <laughs> And, but if he has someone around him to create and he just has the catch and shoot, then he's a great option for your score there. Yeah, that's true. Hey, now, we'll see. now Zach, um, this is, we'll kind of use this as a transition between the Mavs and the Rockets. But, you know, last year you guys shattered all sorts of records from an offensive standpoint, <clears throat> um, being number one in, in the league in offensive rating. Now this year you've you've fallen, and it's early sample size, I understand that, but you've fallen, I think, below league average. I think you're, like, right at 16th in offensive rating. From just, like, a fan perspective, do you see any difference in your offense um, this year compared to last year? Like, last year you had Steven Silas, of course, who's now the coach of the Rockets. And he's actually, like, I've heard that in his press conferences, he's even he's mentioned it a few times that he was essentially the offensive coordinator for the Mavs. And he's taken a lot of credit for that. Um, I don't think in like any sort of malicious way or like braggy way. He's just said like, yeah, I was the offensive coordinator for the Mavs. Uh, do you see any difference in the offense this year? Yeah, uh, mainly this year we don't have as many shooters. Like uh, the main one obviously being Seth. We traded that pretty much for Josh Richardson who – is definitely, I think, a much better starter, much better overall player and defender. But when he shoots a wide-open three, it's a much lower chance than uh, when Seth was shooting wide-open threes. So we're losing some there. Obviously, we don't have KP right now, so I think that's part of why we're not scoring as much. And guys like, uh, let's see, Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith, the key role players that kind of make our team run, 
they're not hitting their open threes. And that's the big difference for the Mavs. When those guys are hitting threes, you pretty much can't beat us. And when they're missing, anyone can beat us. So that's kind what? of what you're seeing right now. <laughs> what? Yeah, unbeatable. Do, you know open, do you know how many wide open looks Kleba and Finney Smith You are just getting? said if Kleba and Dorian Finney Smith are hitting threes, nobody in the NBA can beat the Mavs. <laughs> if, if, if Kleba is going four that, for four, no. you're not beating the Mavs. No. Yes. Yeah, the, the same issues that you've had last year. It's the same issues that you have this year, is that you can't defend and you can't rebound. We I, cannot rebound, but we're I agree with a both of those. Team. It, it doesn't make sense to add Josh Richardson, but him being your only defender. Most teams in the NBA now, they don't even have one. Some teams, a lot of teams have like three, four go-to guys that they can go to. Josh Richardson can only defend one person. If you really, If you truly think that adding Josh Richardson being the primary defender really makes your team that much better. I, I, I really disagree with that. Well, what, what is this, what is this league run off of now guards or bigs? I understand that, but I'm saying you can't just add one player and expect, you know, expect him to guard for 48 minutes. No, Teams... but, but what I'm saying from where we were last year, we actually have someone that can actually, guard a star now i'm not saying he's gonna lock him down but it's much better than watching seth curry out there getting absolutely roasted every play but but for what you lost are you real like for what you gained and then what you lost is it really making you that much better yet last year you at least you were able to score but this year you have no shooters people or teams are like keening in on luca he's you know he's of course, he's a little bit, um, oh, like uh, out of shape. So he's not really, you know, he he can't really get out of these double teams. He can't really score on his own for like what he should be, what he should be doing. So it's really, do you really think that adding Josh Richardson makes that much of a difference? I I think it's definitely going to improve us defensively, and then like you said, we're going to take a little bump on the offensive end, but. You're, we're also playing without our second best player right now, so it's really hard to judge our offense without who, one of our franchise players. Your second best player, who you real, who you said last week was going to be or was going to help improve your team rebounding tremendously. Do you know what Chris Tapp's uh, career rebounding numbers are? I kid, I never said he was going to improve our rebounding tremendously. Yes, you did. Let's go back to the. Let's go back to last week. That was verbatim <laughs> what you said. I, please rewind the tape on that because there's no way. That's a lot you, of editing. I'm not. You uh, you maybe didn't use the same adverb as tremendously, but you did reference that Kristaps Porzingis would help the team rebound. He will. I want to let you know overall, that Chris but... Taps at seven three is a career seven point six rebounds. Per game, I know it's not great, but compared to what we have right now, I'll take that over the majority of the people on our team. Flawed, flawed. <laughs> I like it. Y'all want to move to the Rockets? Let's go ahead and move to the Rockets, Dave. <laughs> Give us that weekly update. All right. Well, uh, I was feeling a lot better until I sat down and watched that Mavericks game, <laughs> but we're still at two and three. Um, so. Uh, I think the main takeaways this week for me were um, it might be way too early to tell, but like, what if the Rockets actually won the Westbrook trade? 
you know like what like what if you know john wall he seems to be uh still the explosive uh kind of acrobatic finisher that he once was even after his injuries and he's developed more of a three-point game uh even in his extended absence he's now up to eight threes three attempts per game uh his previous career high was 5.3 so i think he's a better fit on this rockets team than was westbrook um and uh i'm really impressed with our undrafted talent oh i can't say enough about jay sean tate and christian wood both of those guys have been playing excellent christian wood is put up 20 plus points per game in or he's put up 20 plus points in his first four game as a rocket and he's in elite company uh there jay sean tate um the coach uh, stephen silas trusts him and even when we have to go small down the stretch uh, we have jay sean tate in there and uh i think if this team can improve on defense a little bit and uh honestly keep uh james harden like in on the team uh, i think that this this team is going to be a uh, a threat to compete hey now gabe West, I, so. I have not uh just truthfully i haven't watched more than probably like one rockets game this season so far yeah what what is the offense like with James Harden and John Wall out there? Are they like, is it uh, one time down the floor, Harden gets it, and then one time down the floor, Wall gets it? Are they playing well off of each other? Like, what, what does the offense look like with those guys? Yeah, so obviously James Harden is a super high usage player. So a lot of times um, James Harden is the one bringing the ball down, but um, – like on on breaks and things, you see John Wall uh, explode, and a lot of the the threes that he's taking are uh, catch and shoot. But uh, m- mostly the offense is pick and roll with Christian Wood, and then let James Harden use the like basketball is a game of instincts, and James Harden has some of the best instincts that I've ever seen on the court, and so he just just let him like create, let him find the alley-oop, let him uh, drive to the basket and draw a foul, you know, let him kick out to uh, one of the, one of the shooters on the outside. And so um, I think that, I I mean, John Wall is going to be interesting as he develops down the stretch because his best game was one where James Harden sat because of the ankle injury. And so we'll have to see kind of as it develops, but right now I think they're playing, they're playing fine off of each other. James Harden is still the primary ball handler. Uh, on the team however gotcha okay so probably similar to how we've seen harden operate yeah before. it's i mean like you saw chris paul in a similar role you saw russell westbrook in a similar role i mean with russ it was a little different because he was probably the worst shooter of the three and then he found success when he stopped shooting threes but that's a conversation for uh, when we get to russell westbrook a little bit later okay sounds good and what did you say their record was uh for this they're week? two and three so uh yeah they they just lost to the mav but we beat a couple teams last week that was encouraging okay awesome um, yeah gabe i hate the rockets but i definitely think they'll win that trade for john wall yeah I'm, i uh he's just i feel like he's a better fit and now i mean even russell westbrook i like both teams are happy with the role i think john wall is just happy to be back playing basketball he it looks like he trusts his body it looks like he is uh like okay with being um like not touching the ball every possession and he just he wants to prove that he's still got it 
And then Russ is back to triple doubling every night. And uh, some nights it's enough and some nights it's not. Yeah, no. yeah, I think Go ahead, I think come uh, clutch time, like when y'all are pushing for playoffs and in the playoffs, I think you're going to see that John Wall is going to be much more valuable than Russell was in those situations. Yeah, I agree. Something that was interesting, though, Je- Boogie Cousins, like he got ejected in like three minutes uh, in the Mavs game. But his his per minute stats, he had like two blocks, four points. Like in those three minutes, he was putting up numbers. So I would have liked to see... Uh, maybe as he's getting more comfortable, because I mentioned that John Wall looks like he trusts his body after all of the injuries. It does not look like Boogie Cousins has his rhythm or trusts his body the same way. So we're going to have to see if he settles down into a role and actually starts playing significant minutes on an NBA team or if it's really uh, not going to be what we thought it was going to be when we signed him. Yeah, I I didn't cry about those refs last night, but they were horrible for both teams. They were calling yeah. pecs like every other play for like Dude, I, stuff. I know. The one that got Boogie ejected, I like I couldn't believe it uh, he just threw his arms up and said like, I mean, people do that all the time, and that was his second technical. The ref knew it would get him ejected and just threw him out. Mind yeah, blown. Yeah, they called one on our assistant coach, and they showed the replay, and, like, <laughs> you you could tell he, like, said something under his breath to the other coach, and the ref yeah. beat him up. And I'm like, are we really, like, yeah. listening to them? No, I, I think Dwight Powell, like, was mind blown on the sideline. They zoomed in on his face, and he couldn't believe that they teed him up for that. Yeah, that uh, was pretty funny. Yeah, I guess Boogie's just trying to reclaim uh, his throne of leading the league in technical fouls. And so he, he knows he's behind the curve already this season, so he's got to get in there quick. you got to step it up. Yeah. Um, well, as far as the Thunder go, I don't know if our league knows this, Bowie, but you are technically a Thunder fan, correct? That's correct. Um, but I mean, to be quite uh, quite honest with you, I haven't really watched the Thunder play at all this year. Um, I haven't really, you know, uh, keen in on a specific team to really watch this year. I've it's just really the... been uh, following my uh, my fantasy team and, uh, you know, what I'm going to do to kind of run over everybody in this league. And, uh <laughs> And it's going it's going pretty well. Um, if you go ahead and tune in to our my matchup with Zach currently, I am. Um, I think, and this is just being modest. I think I'm up eight to zero. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking, oh, looking like I'm going to stream over his uh, his team this uh, this week. Well, sounded... He's also only had about ten more guys play than me. Zach, that's your excuse every week. It, Boo, it sounded it sounded good. Whatever you were saying, it just also sounded like you stuck your head in a fishbowl when you said it. I don't know what happened with your mic, uh, but hopefully the listeners could hear it. Um, but I I understand this is the first year for the Thunder, uh, really struggling since they've moved to Oklahoma City. Um. And, you know, this week was not great. Like, it's such a weird season because uh, it's the first time in our history, like, we're tanking, right? Like, we want to lose. Right. We want to have a good draft pick next year. We're, we're all in and looking at the future. But at the same time, like, we're competitive. We're fans of our team. We want our team to do well. Um, right. And so, like, two of the three games this week, we got blown out. Like, we got blown out by the Heat, and uh, mm-hmm. we got blown out by – if I can remember, I think it was the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans. Yeah, it was the Pelicans. Earlier this week. Like, those were 
Those yeah, were tough indeed. games to get through, right? And then we end up beating the Magic. So we went one and two this week. Um, but what I'm finding is, like, our team is still – it's still, like, a fun team. Like, we're a scrappy team. We definitely play um, – we play, like, a young team that's really hungry and, like, wants to improve. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's the main focus of our coaching staff. I think that's the main focus of our organization of just, like – hey, get better every game. Like, I don't know how many wins we're going to have, but get better every single game. Um, and, you know, we're seeing that out of a lot of the young guys. Like, Darius Baisley has turned it on these last few games um, and really, really been playing well. Uh, Lou Dort is showing things this season that he has never, like, he never tried last year. Um, and it's really extending his ceiling on hit what he can be as a player. Like, he's putting the ball on the floor a lot better um, this year and showing those guard skills of being more versatile than just sitting on the corner and the other team leaving him wide open and he shoots 30% from three. Like he's showing the ability to do a lot more things uh, than that. And then the last one I'll talk about, uh, you know, I think it was Ramsey in the, in the sleeper app who was talking about Shea. And if you just go off of the box score numbers of Shea, it's not pretty. Like, it's really not. Uh, his efficiency has plummeted this year, taking over that lead guard position. Um, there was probably going to be a little bit of that that you suspected uh, just because he went from literally being the third point guard behind Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder to being the primary ball handler, like 38 minutes a game. Um, your efficiency is just going to plummet a little bit when you take on a role like that. But what I've seen is like he he is focusing a lot this year on trying to get all of his teammates involved in the game. Um, he's he's setting them up. We run we run some sort of action every single time down the floor which is totally different from anything previous Thunder. I've, I'm used to just watching a whole bunch of ISOs, um, like Russell Westbrook ISOs over and over. Um, but this year, like we run an action every single time down the floor. Now, we have the 30th ranked offense, so I don't know how <laughs> how much it's really helping us. Um, but like, there's a clear effort in wanting to get everyone on the team involved. And for that, like I, I kind of respect what Shea's doing in a lot of ways but also like he needs to play better like he he needs to be better he needs to take it upon himself to take on more of a scoring role like we can't look up in the box score and he's taken nine shots in a game like you're supposed to be our franchise player moving forward um he needs to take it on to himself a little bit more and uh, that's what I'm hoping that we see throughout really the season. So I don't know how much like game talk that was, but that's really my update on like this week's thunder and kind of things that I'm looking forward to going forward. No, uh, yeah. Something that I think, uh, Oh, go ahead. Buddy. Oh, I was going to say, um, like, I, I don't, I don't know what your, um, I don't know what your like expectations of Shea is like going forward, mm-hmm. but I I don't think he's like I don't think he's the kind of player to expect him to be like a franchise guy to be a number one guy. I think he's I think his skill sets like is like more geared towards like a CJ McCollum where he's like you know he's a really good number two guy, but I don't I really don't see him being like our future number one guy. Yeah. So I really think like I you know I. 
honestly, I like the way that the Thunder are playing now. It's just a just a really bunch of really young guys, my, except for um, Al Horford. <laughs> I, I really, he's like in his forties, but you know, it's just a, a bunch of young guys who's out there. Like, it, it's just all effort. Like, they're just yeah. really, you know, they're they're trying to dig down, just playing really hard. We we can't shoot the ball, and we really don't have any ISO player other than Shea. Yeah, so, in, right. in, especially in today's league, where you know, where threes and and a lot of guard play. Um, like every team has really good guards and that's taken over. We we're not built to compete right now, but I think, I think Shay, like going forward, he, he's a good guy to be able to, to bring in other top guys. And, and he's a really good number two who, who has the skill set to play alongside with anyone. I don't think like, I don't think anybody would mind playing with Shay. So he's like a Harrison Barnes type player. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, let's let's not forget Zach. Um, you know, uh, what twenty seventeen, explicitly saying that Harrison Barnes will lead the Mavs to a championship as the number <laughs> Hell one. Hell no! I never said that. <laughs> oh god. But no, Bowie, I I very much agree with you. I like I'm not trying to put on Shay that he needs to be our franchise player. I just think that this season he has the opportunity to show that he can be more than a complimentary player. Like he's literally the guy. Like he can do whatever he wants this season. And I would just love to see him like take hold of that a little bit more, you know? Like that would be really cool if if we find out that Shay is actually he's closer to like his ceilings are closer to a top 15 top 20 player rather than right now his ceiling's probably like a top 40 player you know so that's all i was i was saying about that gotcha yeah no uh no i mean i, I get it uh but I, you know let's let's also pump the brakes he's 22 so he's not i don't think he's like fully grown into his like into his you know his peak nba body yet either so i i do want to see like i want to see him take the next step this year as well just being able to you know being able to like put his head down just we need him to just take over one night i really haven't seen that either so you know i'm I'm excited to see if i will if if we all will see that going forward or at least once or twice this year that would be very uh encouraging to see yeah exactly and gabe did you have a question before oh no i was just gonna say i like that uh what Dagnall has done so far, uh, trying to get the young guys some experience, Pokusev, Pok- how, do you see, how do you even say that? Pokusevsky and uh, Isaiah Roby and uh, Theo Maladon. But um, yeah, I just, I want to see more development. If it's not going to be um, at the cost of, of winning, I still want to see, like you would want to see what you have in those guys uh, before moving forward with the, uh, contracts and things like that but yeah oh no what i'm really thinking of them what they're doing this year is just seeing where they're at with any like with all the young guys and seeing if there's like a a gem in the dirt you know like just seeing if they have a gem here but i really think they're like one of these days they're gonna really ship all their assets out and try to bring in two or three guys and and uh and try to compete immediately. I, I don't think the rebuild is going to be for long. Um, I think this season, um, like I just said, it, it's really just trying to see if if we have any chances on the team. Exist, yeah, that makes sense. I, I did mean to mention um, an emerging tank commander has taken form. Uh, so Hamadou Diallo, he 
is far and away our tank commander. Every time he gets on the floor, they like give him the ball and allow him to be the point guard. They allow him to bring the ball up. And every single time, like we pull off our starters and Hami gets the ball in his hands, we just like plummet whatever lead or if we're being competitive, it is just completely gone within the three minutes that he gets to run the ball handling. This guy, he, so just to point out like one play and then I'm done. He shot a step back, like 20 foot shot. Um, and he hit the top of the backboard so hard that the ball, like if there was no backboard, that ball would have gone like 40 feet before touching the ground. Like it was yeah, that's the a worst. Shot. That's, a shot. that's not his shot. Bro. <laughs> it, it was the worst shot attempt I have ever seen in my life. If you haven't seen the video, look it up. Like it is horrible and that is his sounds role like, uh, that is what's making him the money this year is he is the tank sounds like yeah y'all need to give him 40 minutes a night <laughs> bro <laughs> I, I think his minutes actually have been increasing as the games have gone. i really think he's just trying to practice like for it. the dunk contest seeing where how hard like you know in what spots he needs to throw the ball and what kind of rebounds the ball is coming <laughs> off just to you know just to make yeah, a true. make a dunk look better a physics study, if you will. Bro, that guy was literally in the finals of a dunk contest. That's wild. Um, okay, any other updates you guys had for your teams? Or do we want to move on here? No, I'm good. Let's uh, break down a trade. Let's do yeah, it. Let's, let's move on. This math sucks, so <laughs> it's, it's all good. Let's okay, getting more into our, uh, our Fantasy League's news. We had our first trade. Uh, of the year so as we talked about last week the trades have kind of been slow here um, but we finally had our first one and guys it was between it was between the two of you so it was between Gabe and Zach uh, and Gabe do you have the like what was involved in the trade in front of you why don't you go ahead and give us the trade why don't you give so, us the trade and then kind of give us our thoughts on what you were thinking in the trade yeah, yeah. So Zach gets Kristaps Porzingis and Mason Plumley. I received Fred Van Vliet and Kevin Love. Um, my initial analysis was that both Love and Porzingis will probably remain on our IRs for a while, but it looks like Porzingis will be back uh, mid-January rather than late January as initially expected. I'll probably be without Kevin Love until at least February, most likely. And at that, he's pretty injury-prone as it is, so we'll have to see what that even looks like. He's valuable when he's out there, but um, I don't know uh, what that's going to look like for him. I still, um, I think Fred Van Vliet, though, was the appealing uh, like asset to me. He gives me a notable bump in threes, assists, and free throw percentage. And uh, Zach gets a pretty notable bump in big man stats with Mason Plumley. Plumley had been playing, playing really well. Uh, rebounds, blocks were up, and uh, field goal percentage was up. But um, I actually think both of our teams get better at what they already do pretty well. Um, but I uh, obviously I like my side a little bit better, uh, or I wouldn't have made the trade. Yeah, and just like for a reminder for the listeners, what was the totality of the trade? Yeah, uh, Van Vliet and Love for Porzingis and Plumley. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And then Zach, uninterrupted, will give you like what were your thoughts? What were you thinking on the trade? Yes, speaking of tank, tell us. What are your thoughts? 
the the main reason I made this trade was honestly because I wanted to get Love off of my team. Um, he's got a nagging calf strain injury that I think is going to persist throughout at least the next few months. That's that's not what the doctors have said, but that's the feeling I get based off what I've read. Because it's basically like he'll feel good to play, he'll play, then he reaggravates it back to the same thing. You could say I'm taking the same risk with uh, Porzingis because obviously he's injury prone. But I just think um, the Mavs are being very cautious with when they're bringing him back. So I think when he does come back, he is going to be fully ready to go. Um, I don't anticipate they'll play him in like back-to-backs or anything like that. But um, I just thought kind of where my team was, I'm already competing in threes. I haven't won in threes, but I'm up there every week. I needed help on the big man stats. I've got uh, Drummond, and then I pretty much don't have another reliable center. And then I've got two great rebounding guards in Luka and Russ. But other than that, I didn't have much. So I needed uh, Plumley for that, and Plumley can get you some steals and blocks. Um, you, when you think about Mason Plumley, it's kind of a gross pickup, but... He has been really good on that Pistons team. So, like, if you actually take a look at his stats, he doesn't score a lot, but he does everything else for them right now. And then uh, with KP, I just think he's going to come back, like I said, play really well this year. I I don't know if y'all remember, but in the bubble, that dude was averaging, I forget what it was, but he, it was like over 30 points a game. He was drilling threes. Uh, like Billy said, he's not a great rebounder, but he's not horrible because he is so big. And then he's also going to block a good amount of shots just because of For how big he is. being 7'3", he's a horrible rebounder. No, he, I mean, he's not a great rebounder. But no, no, when, no, if no, you say someone averages seven rebounder. rebounds, that's not that bad for the average NBA player. So. Yeah, the average NBA player is not 7'3". But what I'm saying is Van Vliet going to average seven rebounds a game. Or Van Vliet will give you four. Is he going to give me three blocks? Come on, man. You gave up everything to get an injury-prone KP. Who no, I, I, I definitely did not want to give up Van Vliet, but at the same time, like, he's a solid shooter, solid free-throw shooter, good at assisting, but he doesn't give me any of the stats that I was getting dominated in for the most part. So I wanted to even my team out some and – you were Who getting knows? dominated well, in every stat, though. Well, I was getting dominated in every stat because of uh, what Big R is about to go through. So we'll see. Bowie, yeah, what? no, I definitely, I definitely think Zach's team will bounce back a little bit, um, and I think in the short term his team uh, gets better just because uh, he'll get both of his players before I'll get Love. Also, Christoph Porzingis is twenty-five. Kevin Love is thirty-two. So that could weigh into um, like injury proneness or labels. But well, if we're talking about age, I figure Zach would keep the older player. <laughs> just, you know, just given his uh, his mo, his recent uh, just uh, you know recent drafts, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, <laughs> he he really often goes for those injury old old players. Well established, I think Yeah, veteran leadership. <laughs> <laughs> well established. He's actually but, playing uh, my GM. <laughs> he's probably talking right now, but he's on mute and he has no idea. 
Well, Bowie. Do y'all have any thoughts? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Bowie, like, clearly, like, you side more with uh, Gabe on the trade. Like, what were what were your thoughts? I I wouldn't say side more on with Gabe for about like about the trade, but I think that Zach was you know what his team was doing well was being able to score, and I think he I think his team shoots threes pretty well, especially with Van Fleet. But he the stat that he his team um is is really good at like the best stat I believe was assists, and I think he's losing a lot of that by uh by trading Van Fleet. If if he's looking for rebounds and blocks, those stats you can get those stats via uh the uh you know the, the free waiver agent wire. Yeah. yeah, the waiver wire. But the stats that are really hard to come by are, you know, are assists and points and I really think that losing Van Fleet is is gonna be big for him uh going forward. Well, I also have two triple-double machines on my team, so I'm praying they'll lead me in the assists and points categories. Yeah, praying, but, you know, Russell Westbrook, will, he's probably only going to play 75% of the games. And Luka, he's obviously injury-prone, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, all this trade is going to come down to how quickly Kristaps Porzingis gets back on the floor and how quickly... Kevin Love gets back on the floor. If if we're talking about um, you know a week in between these guys, like let's say Chris Stapps, it gets pushed back a little bit to like the end of January, and um, Kevin Love's like the beginning of February. For me, this trade is more of like a wash. Like both of you guys tried to get stronger in areas that you wanted to get stronger, and uh, like marginally that happened with the trade here. Yeah. But if this is a situation where like Kristaps comes back and he's he's looking good and and like he's he's back as of next week or in a couple weeks and Kevin Love like Zach was saying this thing gets extended out um I think could could reflect poorly for Gabe just we've we've already seen when you're down players like it hurts so much right now it's not yeah. as bad it's not as bad from an injury standpoint cuz you can throw him in the IR and you can pick up another player um so like there's you are able to like salvage some of I used the right word that time salvage some of that some of those stats um like with a player you can get off the waiver wire uh but I'll just be that's kind of the main key point for me is like how much of a different timeline are we looking at for really like the two main parts of the trade that were involved with each other um and that's kind of where I'll evaluate from I don't think either of you, like, uh, unless Kevin Love or Chris Stapps gets injured again and is out the rest of the year, I don't think either one of you, like, can be considered a loss or a win, if that well, makes well, sense. Well, I, like, I, I don't know how, like, Gabe feels, but I, I told Zach this before. I told him right after the trade that I, I felt the trade was very lateral for him. Like, I don't think that made his team better. Just because, yes, he, he improved on the stats that he he was close quote-unquote getting dominated but he's also losing a lot of good stats that he was good at and even if Chris Tapps averages two blocks a game it doesn't even make his team the best shot blocking team in the league so I, I just felt like he he would have been fine with Van Vliet no I'm I'm not saying I'm the best shot blocking team in the league I'm just trying to compete in blocking because right now I, I I don't think I have what it 
takes to compete. Okay, but I'm saying, back. why why try to compete in a stat that you aren't even guaranteed you're going to win and giving up like a stat that you were really, really good at? Because he's punted. He's already punted in two stats. Like with Russell Westbrook and Luka Doncic, he's really punted his field goal percentage stat and honestly, like free throws, he's really struggling with as well. Actually, free throws are maybe. Luka has been much better this year at free throws. Yeah, but I'm saying but at the time of the draft, like those weren't those were two those were two stats that you knew you were gonna have to really get a lot of production out of other players, or you were hunting uh, yeah. on. I think, I think field goal percentage I'll probably never win. That is a punted stat, but I think the others there's possible possible chance at winning. Yeah, that's why I agree with like being competitive in pretty much every single other stat. Well, it's not looking good for you this week. <laughs> You're you haven't won a single stat. So. I've won two. No, but look, go look. Everybody, go look at your. <laughs> Tell me what stats Zach is up by. Oh, are you talking right yeah, now? I'm talking right now. I just said right now. Go look. <laughs> well, so, hopefully it holds because this pod won't be knowledge. out till tomorrow morning. Bowie has. Bowie has six players playing tonight. Three of which are his top three players. I have one player playing tonight. Joe Harris. Hey. Hey. Draft better. Stop drafting hurt guys. No, we'll stop we'll drafting see guys that don't we'll, play. We'll, we'll see what the scoreboard is at the end of the day tomorrow because you're barely winning these categories. All right. Hey, Joe, get into Joe Harris next? can turn up with uh, Kevin Durant out. Jo- well, Joe Harris already played and he didn't. He, he had 10 <laughs> points. Oh. Anyways, go ahead, Cam. We're going to get into the next, uh, next portion of the pod here before we spend the next 45 minutes arguing amongst ourselves. Um,. Let's go ahead and get into the Fantasy League matchups recap from this past week. Um, so the first one that we're going to do, and Gabe, after I'll do the score and then kind of throw it to you, and then Zach and Bowie, if you want to give your thoughts on the matchups as well, but I'm going to kind of let Gabe take the lead on it. Um, let's go ahead and start with the first matchup of me versus oh hello pogo the clown john <laughs> wayne Gacy. sorry i was like trying to find it and i couldn't um so that's me versus big r uh i ended up taking this matchup five to three i won the categories of three pointers made rebounds assists blocks and points and big r won the categories of field goal percentage free throw percentage and steals yeah so uh like cam was talking about some of his stronger categories um i think that cam's team had a pretty solid all-around performance i think the emergence or re-emergence should i say of mike conley is really helping he's uh, led the jazz to a four and two record alongside donovan mitchell and devin booker and jason tatum both finding their stride as well um, however, you're going to need Devin Booker to shoot better than 15 for 21 from the stripe Much if you want to counteract the damage that Rudy Gobert does to your free throw percentage because Rudy Gobert is a career 63% shooter from the free throw line and um, he gets there pretty often. So you're going to need some of those high volume, uh, like high efficiency free throws from Devin Booker if you're going to want that free throw percentage above like 75% or so. 
Um, on Big R's side, I thought that there was a lot of middle of the pack performances. There wasn't a ton that stood out as like excessively weak or excessively strong. But the loss of TJ Warren is really unfortunate. Uh, TJ Warren was a decent source of three steals and a field goal percent booster. And now he's going to be out for uh, quite a while. Uh, let me double check how long he is estimated to be out for. It's looking like not until at least the middle of March with his stress fracture that he has suffered. So uh, thoughts and prayers with TJ Warren. But um, we're going to have to see, like uh, Zach referenced earlier, Big R is going to be dealing with the absence of Kevin Durant and now TJ Warren. So uh, we'll see if um, he can find a way to overcome those things or if they'll prove to be too much. What do y'all think? Yeah, that's karma for Big R. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, both Cameron's team, or I mean, sorry, Scam's team and Brian's team, Brian being the the person that he played, um, I I think they don't have stats that they're really good at and that they're guaranteed to win every week. I think their team is like super balanced, but in a in a in a league where you're winning categories, I think you need to have you need to be able to like you need to have guaranteed wins in certain categories just to give you that automatic up and i think both their teams are like are a little bit too balanced for my taste uh like right now um Brian's team his best assist man uh, assist um the like the player? person who's giving yeah. him the most Messed assists is Julius yeah. Randall <laughs> yeah so you know like i how 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 long is that going to last? And and like I mentioned earlier, I think assist is the hardest stat to win, or yeah. the hardest stat to find. Yeah, in fantasy I, uh, basketball. So we'll see I'm, how it goes. But I, I I do think his team is it, not made to compete down the line. So that that's okay. Well, every, everybody everybody can count that team out. <laughs> so this well, is a decent big man passer as well. But go ahead, Zach. I, I think you can almost always count on Big R's team to win or be highly competitive in field goal percentage because he's got so many bigs. And same thing with rebounding. Not that he's going to win every week, but he's always going to be up there. Like, I, I'm pretty sure he might have lost the cam in that stat, but he's going to be right there the whole time because he's got, like, three or four bigs that are all really good at getting rebounds and scoring right below the basket. Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Tim? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, as going through the matchup, like, we just had so many categories that were close. And that could be kind of, like, alluding to what Bowie's talking about is, you know, I I agree. I kind of have that mindset of, like, I want to win every category, you know? Like, I want to be good at every single category. Um, and I don't know if Big R shares that same mindset. But we just had so many categories that were really close, like, Points came down to the last night. Assists came down to the last night. Um, honestly, what was it? It was rebounds came down to the last night. Like, all of it came down to the last night, and it very easily could have been, like, a 6-2 win um, one way or the other, uh, and it just happened to fall, like, a 5-3 win towards me. But I think that kind of alludes to what Bowie's talking about of, like, a really balanced team. But I think I just take, like, a different approach. Like, I want to be competitive in all of them and then kind of base my free agency pickups on 
like which ones I want to make sure I win. Um, which could win, could work out for me, could not. Um, we'll just have to see as like the season goes on. Yeah, Scam, Scam is doing his normal uh, fantasy formula, getting lucky. <laughs> well, Cam, Cam's doing his normal fantasy formula of auto drafting. So, you know, the the computers always like any auto draft team is definitely always gonna be competitive. Oh my god! When it comes down to uh, you know, when it comes down to winning in the playoffs, you know, scam scams always gonna fall short. Cam, Cam the AI. <laughs> I did. I was unaware of this stereotype. We're we're gonna move on to the next matchup here. We've got uh, Camden, aka Suck My Dirk, versus uh, Bowie. Scam sucks, uh, and Bowie ends up taking this one. Uh, six to one to one. He won the categories of field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, assists, steals, and points. Uh, Camden only won the category of blocks, and then they tied on rebounds. Uh, Gabe, what were the thoughts? Yeah, so uh, some of uh, my thoughts on Bowie's team. Um, he was really strong in assists, threes, and points once again. He was second overall on the week in all three of them. And along with his stars, I feel like um, a lot of the production he's getting from Malcolm Brogdon uh, shouldn't go unnoticed. I feel like it's being uh, undervalued at this time. But he's up from 30.9 minutes a game last year to 37 minutes a game, and he's taking advantage of it. Now with TJ Warren out, we're probably going to see a bump in usage as well. And if he can keep up the efficiency, um, I think that Malcolm Brogdon could be uh, really impressive in fantasy down the stretch. But the Pacers are 5-2, and two, and uh, they just beat the Pelicans, I believe, in a thriller in overtime uh, last night or on Monday night at the time that we're recording this. And so... Yeah, I think that Malcolm Brogdon, since he's not on like a sexy team, gets a little bit undervalued. And uh, I think that his his production is really, really important. Um, as far as Camden's team is concerned, uh, really weak in assists. Um, 12th overall on the week. And uh, just to highlight this, aside from Chris Middleton, no player of Camden's had more than 10 assists on the entire week. So there's just... There's not a whole lot of passing on this team um, assist-wise. And like Bowie has alluded to a couple of times, assists are sometimes hard to come by on the waiver wire because if you're not um, like picking up somebody uh, because of an injury or a rest situation or uh, there just happens to be like an Alfred Payton sitting around, uh, it's, it's going to be tough to find that assist streamer. And so... Um, I'm I'm a little bit worried for Camden, um, but at least the Warriors are playing better. Um, that bodes really well for Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, and James Wiseman. Um, Wiseman, Kelly Oubre kind of settle into the role that we hoped he did uh, last pod. And the Warriors have rattled off a couple of wins. And so I think that the uh, presence of Draymond, even though he doesn't light up the box score, uh, I think it's important just because his basketball IQ is really high. And he has been able to teach uh, James Wiseman and coach him up a little bit. And I think that Draymond Green um, helps Steve Kerr uh, kind of make that team work or will continue. I don't know that they will be true contenders, but I think that they'll at least be uh, good enough to where these auxiliary pieces will be valuable for fantasy 
to an extent. So what do y'all think? Um, I, I think that Camden's team, um, it's going to go as far as the Warriors go. So, yeah. you know, if, if the Warriors are having a good week, his team is going to have to, like, his team is going to have a good week just because he has three of their starting players on his team, three of his, uh, you know, or three of the Warriors. Uh, you could argue that that's their second, third, and fourth options on his team. So it, it really just comes down to uh, what the Warriors do. If they're having a, a bad week, you can base, you can pretty much count them out for that week. So um, we'll, we'll see how that formula takes him. But I, but I do think that having Draymond back takes a lot of takes a lot of pressure off of everybody on that team. Steph is not like Steph doesn't really need the ball or doesn't really have to have the ball in his hand the entire time. Like like if Draymond was not there and he can do what he really does best and that's move around constantly and just shoot off the you know shoot off the dribble, shoot off screens, and just th- that alleviates a lot of pressure off of him and it's really making. Ubre's looking really good with Draymond in the lineup as well. I think he yeah. hit four threes last night, you know. So yeah. it, it, Draymond, Draymond is the uh, the the little energizer buddy for them. So I'm excited to see what the rest of the season holds for them. But yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, now Draymond Green in the triple threat position is their second best ball handler besides Curry. So uh, it's exciting to see at least they have that as an option. Dude, yeah, there's there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt that he's the second best ball handler. Um, I do think, though, with, like, a presence of Draymond Green, I totally understand what y'all are saying as far as, like, makes it a little bit easier on those other guys. At the same time, I think it almost, like, caps their ceiling a little bit because I think what the Warriors wanted to see prior to Draymond coming back was either Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre really, like, really like take hold a little bit more of an offense of like being able to go get themselves a bucket and neither one of them neither one of them proved to be able to do that and so i though i do think they'll be more efficient with Draymond in the lineup like the, he's just going to produce better looks for them i almost think that the warriors have kind of decided or at least i kind of hope that they've decided hey Steph's going to play 44 minutes a night and he's going to shoot every shot imaginable. Like, because we'd rather that than, like, wide-open Kelly Oubre threes. You know, like, a Steph Curry double-team three is a better shot than a Kelly Oubre wide-open in the corner three. And, like, we've we've seen that. So I do wonder if that, like, caps their ceiling just a little bit on that. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, it's interesting that Wiseman sometimes down the stretch uh, gets benched for more experienced players like Kevon Looney or Eric Paschal. He's still kind of learning um, like rotations. I feel like the NBA game is a little bit fast for him at times. And his skill set is really unique because, I mean, he's a seven footer that can shoot and play big. Um, But he's going to have to uh, like get his iq his basketball iq um up to nba speed if he's really going to be a trustworthy option in the front court for the warriors well and that's just going to take time for a guy who's played what like six games in the last two years since high school <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly, so exactly that's just going to take time but he's used to kicking more nuts than playing basketball right now <laughs> um any other thoughts on this matchup guys 
Exactly. Uh, the, only thing, yeah. the only thing I put was Camden is really missing Cat right now. He needs him back. Oh, yeah, big time. And then uh, I kind of agreed with everything Gabe said. Like, Bowie is getting a lot of production out of players like Brogdon, White, and Bryant. And Bowie also has his three-headed monster with uh, Dame, Kyrie, and LeBron. So he's in a pretty good possess- position uh, compared to a lot of the rest of our league. And some of his <coughs> grosser, not sexy players are playing really well. So. Yep. Well, just just to uh, just a point I want to make is, um, and just I guess this a uh, uh, PSA, but I, I going into the draft, the one category that I really try to punt was rebounding, and I'm really surprised that my teams are even competing in that category. Um, I disagree with you guys thinking that Brogdon is just some was just you know is just some average player. I, I really had high hopes for him this year. Last year he took a really big leap. Um, you know his first year out of uh, Milwaukee, he had a really good year last year, and this year he's just really like you know he he's just steadily improving um, off of what he was doing um last year and he's always been a really good free throw shooter he's always been a really good you know uh, a really efficient player and he plays really good defense so he he's like he's probably he's he's a perfect fantasy player in terms of if you're playing categories yeah he's a great player my point was just he's not like uh a sexy pick not like <laughs> one that you sit there and you're like oh this guy's like one of the top in the league but as far right, as like Kevin Love he's really good yeah and his I mean I, I guess all I was saying too was his ESPN ADP was about 64 and right now he's outperforming some of the guys in the top 30 top 35 top 40 and so even that jump of 20 spots since fantasy basketball is so um like top heavy it makes a big difference uh, jumping yes, up from a 64 to a 35 or a 40. Let's go on to our next matchup here. Uh, we've got Garrett versus Zach. It's not Garrett. Uh, Gary versus it's Gary. <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got the Penis Punchers 2.0 versus Hail Luca. Uh, you also made Cam think that he was on a like wrong week again. <laughs> no, no, I I double checked this time. I'm good. Um, Garrett ends up winning seven to one. He wins the categories of field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, rebounds, assists, steals, and points. The only category that Zach won was blocks. Um, brutal uh-huh. beatdown. Uh. Zach, brutal. Zach, why don't you brutal? Why don't you give us our, your excuses first for why it happened, and then we'll get into Gabe's analysis. Let's hear it, buddy. Well, there aren't many excuses this week, but the start of the week, um, like I said, Big R's about to be going through this. I didn't have John Wall. It's not looking like Cousins is getting a lot of usage, so I can't really use that excuse. But I didn't get any stats from two players for the first three days of the week. They didn't play till Thursday for me. So that did kind of hurt me. Don't know how much it would have actually changed things. But I do think a lot of the stats would have been a lot closer because John Wall's playing so well. Um, But one note I did make right now, Gary has the best three-point shooter in all of fantasy basketball. He has CJ McCollum. 
And he also has the best uh, or the top assist leader in the NBA right now in Jokic. So he's got two in the top categories, and the rest of his team is playing pretty well. One thing I did know is Gary was lucky because they actually let him put Morant on IR right away, unlike they did for Love for me. And then also, um, I think he said he got screwed with the Markinen one, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I tried to read what was going on with him, but I couldn't even tell. So um, he does have some in- injuries going on on his team, but I actually think Gary has a really good team. And So you're telling us you can't read? <laughs> can't read? Yeah, yeah that's you what just I heard. said you were trying to read I, I looked, up on marketing, but you couldn't understand what you were reading. I looked at the it was in Spanish <laughs> before he actually got injured, and then I just didn't look at it again. So I love how Zach goes, not many excuses, and then just <laughs> just goes off on a five minute rant about <laughs> what went wrong and what could have, what what you know, what could his team have been if everything went his way. No, I, I literally just said he's got the best three-point shooter and the assist leader. Like, that's not an excuse. That's literally he has the best players. Yeah, True. absolutely. Uh, Gabe, did you have more on that? Yeah. Uh, just to kind of expand on it, Garrett has won assists. Uh, he's He's been first overall on the week in assists, both weeks that we've played. And like Zach was saying, it's because Jokic. Jokic had 54 assists last week. Or 53. You remember when I said that nobody on Camden's team had more than 10 in the whole week? Jokic by himself had five times that. He leads the NBA in assists per game with 12.8. The next highest is 11.8, I think, with Russell Westbrook. He has to be in the fantasy MVP conversation so far. Um, Also, Paul George. I mentioned him as a steal in the draft in the third round. He's playing better than most people's first-round picks. Garrett stole him, and he has been reaping the benefits. And the John Morant injury uh, kind of hurt his point totals, but really not as bad as I thought it would. He went from first overall on the week last week to third, or two weeks ago he was first overall to third this week, and he still managed to win that that statistical category. So, yeah, like uh, Bowie was saying, I think that Garrett's team is, or maybe Zach was saying that um, Garrett's team is set up for success right now and then for zach um i put that he was pretty competitive in most categories uh field goal percentage and free throw percentage are going to remain a concern um but i think with kp's return eminent will we're gonna have to see if that's enough to push zach's team over the edge and win some of these close categories or if we're going to be um looking for different answers in that regard as well Hey Zach. It's time to tank, Zach. It's time to tank. We got we got three weeks left, baby. If we're still in last, start sending me offers. <laughs> well, Zach, I was gonna ask, like, what scale of one to ten, like what's your panic level with this team? Like, is it a wait and see? Like this is really the first week that I'm getting to see my team, or like where are you at? This is pretty much the first week that I'm going to get fully healthy, ready to go. And even then, I don't have KP. But as far as the position I put myself in, this week is the best week I've had out of the three. So if I end up losing 0-8, well, maybe we'll start to tank now. But I think this week between me and Bowie is going to be pretty competitive. 
And I think it's probably going to end anywhere from 4-4 four, four to 6 to one way or the other. So, Well, that's yeah. a pretty big swing if you think 6-2 is competitive. but 6-2 in my favor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, I was going to mention that this is a tough week for you to uh, have that mentality because, like I said in the power rankings when I gave them in the first or second episode, I think Bowie has a top three team. And um, I think that he's proved that in the first couple of weeks. So this is not going to be an easy week to uh, like kind of showcase your team. I think you're going to have to compare it against uh, not just Bowie's team, but the rest of the league to really get that evaluation that you're looking for. Look, Zach, I, next week, I just looked at it. You are playing Brian's team. And if you, if you cannot at least win four categories, I really think it's time to hit the panic button and really build <laughs> and really try to get some draft picks for this so, up, like, for so, next year's draft. So one thing I'd like to point out about our current <clears throat> matchup, so far Bowie has had 13 guys play. I've had 10, and Bowie has had five matchup pickups to my one. So Okay. Yeah. Load them up. We'll see. We'll see. Put them in the queue. Let's uh let's go on to the next matchup here. We've got uh we had Barnacle Boys versus James gives me a Harden. Barnacle Boys ends up taking this one five to three. The five categories that he won was field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, steals, and points. And the three categories that Ryan won was rebounds, assists, and blocks. Um, Gabe, what are our thoughts here? Uh, yeah, so Nick had a really strong showing in threes and points. Uh, he was first overall in both this week. Um, Nick's entire roster, aside from Ennis Cantor and Naz Reed last week, hit at least four threes. Um, also, Jalen Brown and Zach Levine are continuing to produce for fantasy. And Nick, like y'all mentioned before, is making a pretty uh, savvy waiver wire pickups, and he's always using most if not all of his acquisitions for the matchup and so he's getting more games from a lot of his players which is thus leading to him scoring more points That's and my threes boy. in those categories he's boy, playing dude. really well his his fantasy his fantasy uh, abilities are on point so far uh Ryan um unfortunately had a weak showing in field goal percentage 12th overall on the week um, and I think the area that I want to highlight with this is Devontae Graham went five for 28 for him last week. And that's one way I mentioned a couple episodes ago that LaMelo Ball is going to start demanding touches pretty soon on this mm-hmm. Charlotte Hornets team. And I wanted to know if it was going to come at the expense of Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham. And it's looking like this is one way to accelerate a path. Uh, for LaMelo Ball to take your minutes on the Hornets. Um, Also, Will Barton, Karis LeVert struggled shooting the ball, um, even, I mean, in the absence of uh, Kevin Durant. And uh, I don't know, just a field goal percentage uh, was difficult for Ryan this week. What'd y'all think? Well, well, I think that him having, or... Devontae Graham is really hurting his team. Um, Devontae was really good as a fantasy asset last year, but this year he just really hasn't done anything at all. I think his best assist game was, or like the stats that you draft Devontae Graham for are threes and assists and uh, and points. Uh, 
if you're if you're counting last year, but this year he's just really not playing well at all. And and I think that Ryan can't like Ryan's team is Ryan team competes, but I think that with Devontae Graham playing how he is, he he can't keep up. He can't really keep him on his roster if this keeps up for another week or two. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that yeah, I'm with you on that. Same with Will Barton, probably. It's hurting more than it's helping. Yeah, and I would just say, like, uh, as far as Ryan's team goes, just, like, scrolling through, his Jarrett Allen pickup, I think that's a player that is only going to continue to get better as the season goes on, especially, like, I'm the DeAndre Jordan owner, so I, I see it. His minutes have already started decreasing a bit. Um, in favor of Jarrett Allen. And I think what you're going to see as this season goes on is the Nets are, or Steve Nash and the coaching staff are going to get over this whole, like he's boys with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving thing and start the better player. And like, even, do you think that for real? Yeah. Well, no, I, I even, even though you say that no one's starting over KD or Kyrie anyway. So they're going to start regardless but you you see, if you I don't know if y'all watch the game tonight, but Jared was a monster tonight he, without he's KD. He's so good. He was really really good. But the thing about Jared Allen, because we I mean I'm, I I don't know about you guys, but I've been waiting for him to break out, even last year. But he's just been like there's games that he that he plays really well, and there's so he's just really inconsistent for me. But I really hope for for your sake that it or i mean for ryan's sake that he continues this because he's a really good player yeah and and just so we're clear i was not saying jared allen would ever start over kevin durant or kyrie irving i was talking about deandre jordan is who he would start over I, yeah i don't know if i mixed up and, my words or what no you, no, no you, you scalvaged your words Dang <laughs> but it. um to that extent i think that jared allen the is scalvaged. a much better player than deandre jordan I don't think that it's going to be – I don't think that ultimately it's up to Steve Nash. I think that there's way too much players say. I think that his minutes could go up, but I think in the end DeAndre Jordan and the uh, bond that he shares with some of the starters on that team is going to uh, ultimately just lead to annoying the Jared Allen owner into seeding like 12 to – 18 to 20 minutes a night to DeAndre Jordan. Well, it's annoying the DeAndre Jordan owner as well because he plays just <laughs> enough for me to hang on to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather well, him rip the I, bandaid off. I will say having KD on the team as probably the second tallest player on that team really hurts Jared Allen just because if they're in a close game late in the game and, and teams are going to, you know, he's Jared Allen's not a very good free throw shooter. So if teams yeah. look to foul him, they they can easily take him out and not miss a beat with KD playing the five. Yeah. So that I that's true. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But if he if he, I think the the way that he keeps his minute is just by continuing to hit 69 percent of his free throws, and and that's that's just, that's just a way for him to keep himself in the lineup there. Yeah, Zach, did you have any? Any info here? Um, the only thing I put on here for Nick, it looks like Donovan Mitchell is finally 
he wasn't bad at the beginning, but he's knocking some of his rust off. Um, Shea, like you said, he's not playing like a number one, but he's still playing pretty good fantasy-wise. Um, I did note that Boyan Bogdanovich has been super bipolar. He had two games over 23 points, I think, and then the other three games, he's averaging like five points a game. And then um, for Ryan, uh, he learned from Daddy, picked up Barnes off the waiver wire. He's been pretty good for him. And then Brandon Ingram's been playing well for him as well. I want to note that Nick probably have had the two best waiver wire pickups to date, like in our league, uh, that being Dragic and Ennis Kanner. Um they they've just been really really good, and I had no idea why Dragic was, Dragic was even dropped in the first place. But he's really um, got some gems in those two guys. Yeah, and if somebody wants to pick up Hassan Whiteside, he's been playing really well. So and he's getting a lot of minutes, <laughs> dude. Ton of minutes. He got a DNP the other day, or like tw- two games I, in a row. Yeah, yeah. He he played three minutes because he's bad. Yeah, he got the bag though. Hey. Rashawn Holmes is so much better. I I mean box score wise, but you just if you watch the games, Rashawn Holmes is not a liability on offense and on defense. I mean, people have said this forever with him. Yeah. So no, I'm I I'm we'll see what the Kings end up doing because you can never really know what they're gonna do. But never. Yeah, Hassan Hassan Whiteside is. is he on the waiver wire right now? Yeah, yeah for sure. He's been like the top option on there for a while. I just yeah, unless something changes, he'll probably stay there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Gallinari got hurt. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. If someone is like down three blocks, though, it might be worth to not, yeah. not if he doesn't that. play. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, he's get three blocks in three minutes. <laughs> Hassan, doesn't, Hassan doesn't really fit their team. I think that the Kings are built to kind of get up and down the court and run. Yeah. And – Hassan is not he's he's not that kind of player. He's not a guy who can, you know, get up and down like, like Rashawn. Rashawn Rashawn's a really athletic player who who rebounds, who plays really hard defensively, who gets you, you know, who's who gets you some steals, a little bit of everything and and he shoots, he shoots free throw decently. Very yeah. very surprisingly um uh, a lot better than Hassan Whiteside does. So I think going forward, um, just the way that Rashawn Holmes is playing, you you can't play, you can't play Whiteside over him yeah. as a as a Kings coach. Hey, side Bro. note though, uh, Hassan Whiteside's hilarious. I don't know if you guys have ever followed this guy on social media, mm-hmm. but he's like, I I started following him on Snapchat whenever he was still in the Miami Heat. <laughs> and bro, he put out some gems like that guy. He is very, very funny. So if you ever get a chance, you should follow him. Also, Marvin Bagley and his dad had some thoughts. If you want to get into it, I don't want to get into it on the pod too much because it'll probably take a while. <laughs> but if you want to look up Marvin Bagley and his dad, that's the latest Kings drama. What, Coach yeah, Coach his dad, had a, his, dad, <laughs> his dad wants him out of there. Really? <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't heard about this at all. Oh, my God. Yeah, look it up look after, it up. The, after the pod. It's uh, interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox's dad also had comments for Marvin Bagley's dad. So there's like a Aaron whole Fox. thing. It's a Katie Youth basketball all over yeah, again. Exactly. With all the dads, bro. <laughs> yeah. We got to get all these guys in a gym so they can play it out. 
Just imagine <laughs> taking Bagley over Doncic. Oh yeah, imagine, I think that's imagine definitely trading, the, uh... Imagine trading Trey Young for Doncic. I'm, I'm imagining it right now and I'm smiling. <laughs> okay, moving yeah, on okay. to our next You're matchup three and four, here. buddy. <laughs> We've got uh Bobby, Team Kelleher versus Gabe. Uh Rodman with the good D. Uh Gabe ends up taking this matchup five to three. The five categories that Gabe won were three pointers made, rebounds, assists, steals, and points. Uh Bobby won the categories of field goal percentage, free throw percentage and blocks Gabe because this was your matchup what were your thoughts on the matchup and like how did you think your team performed yes yeah, so I've kept up my streak of uh winning steals first overall on the week two weeks in a row I'm hoping to keep that going for a while OG Ananobi is second in the NBA in steals per game at 2.2 um, rebounds, I was actually second overall in the week, but that was largely due to Mason Plumley, who was averaging 10.7 rebounds per game. I no longer have Mason Plumley, so I'm hoping to make up some ground there. Um, Jeremy Grant has been playing really well. I think that he's a highlight on my team. He's having really high usage on this Pistons team without a ton of other offensive weapons, and he's shooting with high efficiency, which um, I think was a big factor in his fantasy success and his success as an NBA player. But I'm worried about Yusuf Nurkic. He is playing low minutes, and he's not shooting the ball very well. Um, a lot of times, it, it feels like Ennis Cantor is just kind of outplaying him on the offensive end. Uh, Ennis Cantor is not a great defender, and so I think that the coach um, knows that Nurkic is the long-term answer, but it's just frustrating to watch these games and see that the Blazers are actually better sometimes with Cantor on the floor than Nurkic. I drafted Nurkic in the third round, and I thought that he would be a lot better than he is. And then Wendell Carter, um, he's been limited, and when the Bulls go small, he's not even on the court. I don't know what to make of Wendell Carter. Um, I thought that he had an opportunity again um, to get more of a of a role uh with this bulls team and it's not looking that way um i don't it, he's kind of the next player on my team that i'm thinking about trying to move or drop even because i don't know um what the next step is he's not um producing the stats that i need i might be better off streaming that with the best available player that day uh but that's kind of my thoughts on my own team a little bit more in depth obviously because it's my own team and then uh, for Bobby, I thought that he uh, his steals, they were 12th overall in the week. And aside from Miles Bridges, no one on Bobby's team average is averaging more than one steal per game this week. Uh, and then I was going to mention as well, with Derek White out for the next month, uh, Bobby is going to need to make some moves to remain competitive, especially in assists, because Derek White was going to be a big factor in the assists and even the steals a little bit. Uh, category and now he's going to be missing at least a month so um, if I was Bobby who I picked to win the entire league I uh, I would be trying to maybe make some moves or figure out um, what my plan is at least uh, in the near future I will say one of the moves that he made is looking pretty good he did pick up Darius Baisley off the waiver wire because uh, you dropped him I'm pretty sure because I dropped him yeah <laughs> not fun uh, but I guess it was I was raging because he like shot one for yeah. twelve. I know he was so 
like inefficient, but yeah. like his peripherals were okay the whole time. I thought about picking him up, and then well, you should have because dude's been balling out. I know, I know. I fell into the same trap. So anyway, uh, but that is actually looking like a pretty good pickup for him, especially if he can keep up his his good play. And if there's at all a chance that Al Horford gets traded from this Thunder team, like Baisley immediately steps into like a high usage. Uh, I know he doesn't play the same position as Al Horford, but he would gobble up every rebound. Um, like he just attacks the ball and would be a lot more valuable from that position if that were to ever happen. But he's been solid for him. Yep. Zach, did you have anything? Um, just on this one, I put I thought it was a pretty solid matchup overall. Um, I think both teams are gonna finish pretty good. Um, I thought I think Trey Young is playing extremely well, and then Miles Turner is always gonna keep Bobby in it with the blocks um, since he's still leading the league. I'm pretty sure. And then the note I had for Gabe was that um, Steph is finally heating up. So oh, it, if he gets that, if he gets that kind of production out of Steph throughout the year, then Gabe's going to be sitting pretty for uh, for majority of the year. And then the other note I put, uh, since we don't know what to call Bobby, we should call him the architect because he's got both bridges on his team. Oh, that's pretty oh, good. I like God. that. Oh, <laughs> I like yeah, that. That's gay. That's what oh. No, that's, like actually, that? that's actually pretty well thought out, I have to say. Well, I'll say this. I think Bobby is in trouble. I don't see – I don't know what his team does well other than blocks. Um, he, Trey Young is his only person getting assists and probably threes. So he's not getting a lot of those stats. He's not scoring – he's not – his team isn't scoring – so I really don't know what the build was for his team or what he was like, what was going through his mind when he was putting this team together. But I just don't see his team competing just because, yes, he's pretty good at blocks, but he's not They're They're not getting any steals. They're not rebounding like they should be. And they, he's he's not going to win threes. So I, I think I think he's got a lot of ground to make up. I will say, going back to the Steph thing, I was a little shocked to see that he is ranked the number one, like position, like for his positions, number one point guard for fantasy. Um, even with like the struggles he's had and like the bad shooting, I know he erupted these last two games and have has performed really, really great. But like that just has to be super encouraging for you. Um, where you had yeah. a below average Steph Curry and he was still putting up like top five point guard numbers in fantasy. So it's uh, also because James Harden is a shooting guard and Nikola Jokic is a center, <laughs> which is why yeah, yeah, great Curry's point. The number one. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Great point. Um, but on the other side, but, Chris Paul has really like played well since we talked last week, like the last two games, he's had 21 points and 15 points. And he had nine rebounds in his last game. So for a team, like you said, Bowie, that's struggling getting rebounds to get, <laughs> he's getting like pretty good numbers out of Chris Paul um, or up around like probably the four yeah. and a half to five range uh, rebounds a night for Chris Paul. Um, that, that can go a long way in your point guard position. Yeah, that, I, 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 yeah I mean, I agree that can go a long way, but I, I don't know if relying on Chris Paul to get you – seven eight rebounds to help your team yeah. out it's a good you know it 
that's that's not a good feeling to go into a matchup saying if Chris Paul can do can get me you know if if you were saying assists or yeah you know steals then I, I'd feel a lot better but I I don't know if rebounds is that I don't know if I would be looking forward to that no that's a great point uh, I wouldn't <clears throat> be relying on that either y'all sleeping on the Peyton Pritchard breakout too. He's been playing well. Have y'all watched him? No. Celtics, uh, Celtics rookie. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. He's been playing well Dude. for the when, whenever he's in. Like there's there's certain NBA players that like are gifted physically, and then there's certain ones that just like mentally play fearless. They play like they're playing AAU. And Peyton Pritchard, he like was pretty good at Oregon, and but he plays in the NBA. It like kind of like Alex Caruso, like just really intelligent basketball player. And when he's given the opportunity, like he. He uh, he fills the role well, so well, I think he'll be their backup point guard. Wasn't even when uh, everyone's healthy on that team again. Wasn't Pritchard a four-year starter at Oregon? Or I think starter, so. Yeah. Four-year player. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it feels like just that mold of like four-year player in college, uh, late first-round pick. You know, yeah. Brogdon, high IQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brogdon, exactly. Uh, Caruso, high IQ, right? Like right. The, those right. guys who just play really hard and. And like, thank you, not Zach. It's like, uh, like Cole Beasley in football. Like, just if you give them a little bit more physical attributes, they could be like insane. But they do the most with what they've been given. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, let's get on to our last matchup here. I know we're running a little bit over on time, um, but we had Ruth Bader Winsberg versus Poppy Chulo. Um, Ruth Bader Winsberg ends up taking this one. The five categories he won were three-pointers made, rebounds, steals, blocks, and points. Um, and then Daniel, the three categories that he won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and assists. Um, one note here. So Ruth Bader Winsberg did use all seven of his matchup acquisitions, um, and Daniel only used one of his seven weekly matchup acquisitions. I think what we had talked about last week is Daniel really being on top of those acquisitions? And we really just didn't see that um, at least this last week. So, yeah. Gabe, what were is, your thoughts? Is Daniel yeah. on his honeymoon right now, Gabe? I, I really don't know if Daniel yeah. knows oh. how to play. I, I was so, about to say, so, I, saw, I saw him posting stuff. I was like, this dude is not thinking about fantasy so, basketball right now. So he uh, That makes sense. He, he texted me that he listened to the podcast and was going to try to make some uh, lineup like acquisitions and things but uh he very quickly after that realized that he was leaving for his honeymoon and so he set all his lineups like you know how you can change the day like he made his one acquisition and then just set them as well as he could for the week and i'm pretty sure he hasn't looked at it since hey honestly (laughs) honestly daniel that's mad respect bro like you you should not be looking at your fantasy basketball team on your honeymoon so i can take everything away that i just said like mad respect brother totally understand yeah but now, if you stop, if you uh, lose that and and don't do it again this week, and you're not on your honeymoon, because I'm pretty sure he's self quarantining, is what he texted me. So now you're you're at home staring at your phone. You have nothing better to do. I mean, at the very least, pick up like That's Nick Batum or someone and stream him. That's the opposite. Daniel, of you, you you gotta drop Luke and <laughs> Luke, not Daniel. Yeah, I, Williams, I, bro, I, both of them. <laughs> You might have to evaluate Daniel's uh, membership. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro, it's weak. He's, he's really showing us what 
it's like to tank him and Zach. <laughs> hey, he's consistent in his strategies. Yeah, it's fair. Um, Giannis hasn't been, or he's he's played a little bit better as of late. But at first, he wasn't playing great. However, just getting into some of this more uh, analysis um, for Ramsey, I thought that his rebounds and blocks, again, we mentioned his big man stats last week. They made another appearance this week. Um, He was first overall on the week. Um, I thought something that was interesting was that Christian Wood, DeAndre Ayton, and Anthony Davis all had 30 or more rebounds and five or more blocks last week. That would have, like, single-handedly given teams wins just in three players. And and so um, at least in the blocks categories, um, if you added those, but yeah, uh, those three guys are playing really well. Um, We mentioned Deandre Ayton and Chris Paul and that Suns team trying to find their groove and they're, uh, they're looking really good. Um, I think sooner than we expected uh, we mentioned, or I think Cam was saying that it took a little while for Chris Paul to uh, understand his role on that Thunder team. And I think that um, he's found it, uh, I mean, to an extent on this Suns team, and they're playing really well. So um, we'll have to see that. Uh, for Daniel, like we mentioned, uh, Honeymoon, but he still had decent assists in back-to-back weeks. I, like like everyone is saying, though, I would trim up that end of my bench. Lou Williams, Luke Kennard, fill it with rebounding <laughs> streamers. Try to win that category. Because at the end of the day, like, you're not going to, if you win three categories a week, you're not going to make the playoffs. So, like, you're going to have to find a way to win four or five a week if you're going to start making a run to the playoffs. It's not too late for anybody, but uh, yeah, it's getting Dan- grim. Dan- Daniel's really uh, banking on Luke Kennard, really trying to, <laughs> Luke Kennard turning his season around and becoming. At, at this point, you just got to hold on to him for the rest of the year mm. and see what happens. Okay. Uh, New contract. He needs to just change his name to the Luke Kennards. <laughs> New contract. You never know. <laughs> I, I actually thought he'd be a decent fit on that Clippers team, but he's been horrible. I don't Yeah. I think, like, as a basketball player, he's been fine, but as a fantasy asset, right. just not going he just on. Can't, I mean, they're expecting him to score, though, and he's not scoring at all. Well, Nick Batum has really, like, stepped up these last few games for them as well yeah. in kind of a yeah, similar right. mold. That guy's gross too. He is, but dude, they got him for free. Like, he's been playing well. Yeah. If you think out dude, of the context of yeah, if you think out of the context of the contract he had with the Hornets, like he is a he he is showing this year that he could be a decent basketball player. You know. Yeah, I picked him. I picked him up this uh, today and played him, and he got me nineteen points, nine rebounds. So he could be worse. That's really good, actually. So, um. Okay, uh, Zach, did you have anything on this matchup? Uh, let me see real quick. This was Ramsey and Daniel, right? Uh, I just put that AD has been playing uh, really well offensively to start the year. Over the past two games, though, he's been a lot better on defense. I think the last two games he's had both three steals and three blocks both games. And then uh, Simmons is just a stat machine. He's filling it up for Ramsey right now. And then, like we said for Daniel, uh, the Luke Kennard. But he does have Kimba coming back at some point. So at least uh, he'll get some production out of him when he's back. (laughs) At some point. True. I think Kimba will come back before, uh, like, Kevin Love. (laughs) Love may be back in the next two to three weeks, but I just don't know if he's going to stay back. That's the only problem. He's back, what, 
back in practice. Not back on the court. I'm not going <laughs> to be back on the court. All right, Cam, you got anything else for us? Um, I was going to – Zach, did you have the list like last week where of the league leaders? Yeah. You want to run so, through those really quick? So for field goal percentage this week, uh, <laughs> actually Daniel was the top. He was uh, 48.1%. Bowie was the leader in free throws, and he was at 85.4%. Nick had the most threes made at 109 Ramsey had the most rebounds at 280. Um, Gary had the most assists at 189. Like we said, he has Jokic. Um, Steals was Gabe with 54. Blocks, Ramsey with 37. And then Nick had the most points with 856. Wait, then- I, I, wait I, wanted, I want you to bring, like, I want you to, I want you to mention where I am on those stats. I think I was second in probably four of those. Yeah, you, you may you may have heard because I know y'all were both way up there, but I honestly didn't even note it this week. I'm not giving you, you need, credit, kid. You need to note it. I'm your daddy. If you ain't first, you're last, kid. And, and then <laughs> yeah, the, like Zach for the actual NBA stats, um, the most three pointers made or highest average is CJ McCollum. He's averaging four point seven a game, so he jumped hard wow. in. Um, rebounds is Drummond at 14.1 a game. Assist is Jokic averaging almost freaking 13 a game. He's at 12.8. Um, I'll give y'all five bucks if you can guess the steals leader without looking right now. I know I had Nobi a second, but I, I forgot who was first. Ooh. Too long. You could have looked it up by now. I it's don't know. Zeller with three a game. Oh, wow. What? I would have never guessed that. Cody Zeller. And then uh, leading blocks is Miles Turner at 3.6 a game. And then points is Harden with 33 a game. Hey. You don't see Luca on any of those. Dude. <laughs> so, he, he's under the radar right by all of them. No, not in three-point percentage. At all. Dude, no, before... no, no. It's, it's three. It's three pointers made, not percentage. Oh, that's true. But be- he's not close in that either. Just by the way. No, he ain't close uh, in that either. Before last night's game, uh, Luca was for for like qualified shooters. I can't remember the minimum number of shots. He was the worst three point percentage shooter in the league. Before well, last night's game, he was at sixteen percent. He also probably has one of the highest volumes, and if you're struggling at the shutdown, it's gonna look Shut bad. They must have courtesy. Uh, they must have courtesy disqualified Kelly Oubre too. Well, that's, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't remember like what the minimum attempts was, but even with like a minimum, they adjusted it for like minimum of fifteen or twenty threes, and he was still like uh-huh. number five on the list. And the only reason I saw it is because the number one player on that list was Alexei Pokashevsky. <laughs> At the nice. time, was shooting six point three percent from three. So Yo, does not lack confidence. He does not, bro. He does not. Well, hey, uh, we're gonna skip the uh picks for this weekly matchup just for the sake of time. Like we're already running a little late here, um, on what we typically want to do. Um, so boys, was there anything else that you wanted to add here, or had something that you wanted to say for this pod? Uh, I had one final question for Bowie. Okay. What would you rather fight, Brian or Gary? 
fight, why would I fight them? I would they're beat your, both their asses. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're your rivals. I need to know which one. Hey, Gary's been trying to get at you. I think Gary's trying to start a new rivalry with you recently. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty upset with Gary if he keeps it up. <laughs> Some things are about to have to happen. <laughs> hey, you. Well, I mean, you, there's not much you have against him. Ex- I mean, he's beat he's beat you in in football. He's beaten you in basketball pretty pretty easily. So, I'm <laughs> um, I'm excited to. I'm, I'm excited to see what what dirt you have, but we'll, beat, we'll see. No, I I beat Gary in football. I was the one that took him down that hey. first, that first week, but then we never played again. We're gonna have to take it to the uh, the real basketball court or the real football field here pretty soon if things don't simmer down. The real UFC <laughs> arena. True, we could we could get that. Hey, I, I just wanna I just wanna bring up um, that video that I posted in the group message or in the sleeper of, uh, of no, getting, no. getting torn up for the game winning shot. No. That's forever the best moment. Bro. What's so sad is I think I had like 25 points that game. I played. Nah, so I, I was there. You had like three points. Yeah. yeah you, you probably had like four. Y'all but he was, he was shooting like Luca. Yeah. Clowns, bro. <laughs> but that is Dang, on video. I, you, he made you touch snap. the floor, Scam. Ankle snap for game winning three. I'm well aware, Bowie. Thank you. <laughs> God. Well, always, always happy to have you guys back, uh, Bowie. Thanks for being on the pod with us, man. It was fun. Do you have any closing remarks before we head out? I do have a question for Scam. Um, nope. I've, I'm always going to ask this, but what, what was going through your mind when you handed the defender, the football in flag to lose us the championship game there? Tank for Trevor. I'm editing this, bro. Get this out of my, get this out of my pod. You've never answered. The, you've never answered the, the intramural choke artist. <laughs> You're welcome for leading you out of the promised land. Alright boys, hey, that'll do it for us Uh, Thank y'all for listening If you made it this far Good luck this week um, And let's stay safe And COVID free